You have reached Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey, a ministry and podcast of the Discover Young Adults Ministry at the Preston Crest Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. We meet at 945 on Sunday mornings, and we have small groups all throughout the week. We are located at Preston Road and Highway 635 in North Dallas. My name is Jacob Hawk. I'm the Young Adults Minister and the host of this podcast. It doesn't matter if you are single, dating, if you want to be dating, if you're married, if you want to be married, or if you're divorced, or if you're trying to figure out at what stage of life you are passing through. At the Discover Young Adults Ministry, we want to help you discover life, discover love, and discover the Lord. If I can help you or serve you in any way, or if I can pray for you, please email me at jacob at pressingcrest.org. Well, I hope that you had a wonderful Christmas with your family and friends. If you were not able to assemble this year due to the COVID-19 dilemma, if your house was emptier than usual, if your table had chairs that were unoccupied, that are usually filled by loved ones, maybe if it was your first year to celebrate a Christmas after the passing of someone in your family, Uh, We want you to know that uh, we pray for you, we care for you, and I specifically pray that you are able to feel and you will continue to feel a special feeling of God's presence uh, in your life, that you can be reminded of the fact that even in the year of 2020, with all of its challenges and isolation, that you are never alone that God is with you every step of the way. I also want to thank you for tuning in to this new podcast this year, which was a project of 2020. And as we finish this year, I don't think any of us are going to be sad to see 2020 go into our rearview mirror. Hopefully 2021 will be much, much better. But if you've been listening to this podcast since mid-June, I want to thank you for tuning in each week, and Lord willing, we will continue to provide content each week as we move into this new year. I'm also excited to let you know that I have written a book called Bold, Statements That Changed History. It can be found on Amazon and ordered through Amazon. It is a 13 chapter study of bold statements in the Old Testament. Each chapter comes with discussion questions for further discussion and further study. Hopefully it can be useful for your small group or Bible class at church or just your own personal devotional time with the Lord. The fact is, is that for too long in our country and in our churches, quote-unquote leaders have been leading who are not leaders at all. Uh, Men and even women without backbones who are timid and concerned about being politically correct. And that has got the Lord's church and our country into a really big mess. And hopefully we can learn to get back to what's important, to being bold in our faith, to not caring about what the world thinks, but caring more about what God thinks. But in this last episode for 2020, I thought it would only be appropriate to talk about 
goals for the coming year. And the title of this episode is Closing the Books. When I was a child and when I heard the words, open your books, no words haunted me more. Because I knew what that meant. That meant that summer was over or recess was over and it was time to sit down to read and to study. As I've grown older, I've developed a great love for academics and continuing education. I plan to begin doctoral work in January. But back then, I would have rather had a root canal. Then there are the times in life when we don't open the books, but we close the books. Even when we don't want to. Businesses close their books at the end of every fiscal year. They review reports, balance ledgers, close out operations. Sometimes we close the books in life. We finish one chapter and we begin another one. From time to time, we close the books on our faith. We look back and we review what we've done or how far we've come. But regardless if we are closing the books financially, personally, or spiritually, three main things, three main areas are evaluated. Number one, profits gained. Number two, losses incurred. And number three, areas for improvement. Even the Apostle Paul closed the books on churches that he served. And when we look at the New Testament and the churches that Paul had a relationship with, some churches Paul would have instantly called a prophet. Like the church in Berea in Acts chapter 17. Berea was a small congregation in a good-sized town of about 20,000 people. They didn't have the resources of big city churches like Ephesus or Rome or Jerusalem, but they were still very successful. Why was that? Well, Paul told us why, Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Luke recorded the words, but it was dealing with Paul's relationship with that church. Now, the Bereans were of more noble character than than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness, and they examined the Scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. The church at Berea, they were not the hippest, largest, most modern church in the region. But they were successful because they knew the book. And then there was the church at Philippi, a church that really understood the joy of the Lord. They were a very generous church that supported Paul financially in numerous ways. Really, the only challenge that the church at Philippi faced, at least in the biblical account, were two women, Euodia and Syntyche, who struggled to get along. 
Philippi's focus and their mission was pure. Like the church at Berea, it was a profitable church. But then there were some other churches that Paul would not have viewed as a prophet, but more as a loss. Now, though Paul never called them a loss, his letters, that kind of imply it. The churches of Galatia were burdened by legalistic, Judaizing teachers who imposed Jewish traditions and customs upon Gentiles who had become Christians. They would tell the people, well, it's great that you've been baptized and that you become a follower of Christ, but if you want to be a real Christian, you need to be circumcised as well. You need to observe some feasts. You need to make a few sacrifices. To be a good Christian, you have to follow all of the Jewish ways. And Paul told these Judaizing teachers, you could not be more wrong. Because now, it's all about Jesus. Because all who are baptized into Christ, they are sons of Christ. For there is neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, slave nor free. We are all one in Christ Jesus. Galatians chapter 3, 26 through 27. Then I guess you could say there were the more liberal brethren in Galatia who were influenced by Gnostic teaching. Gnostics were those who said that Jesus could not have been the Son of God because he came in the flesh, according to Christians, and that all flesh is evil. There's no way that a good God of spirit would take on human form and lose that spiritual purity. And they too were making a big impact in a bad way in the churches of Galatia. And so Paul told them, Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, I'm astonished that you are so quickly turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. And he went on to say that if anyone preaches to you a different gospel than the one that we preach to you, it doesn't matter if they're an apostle or if they're an angel from heaven. Let them be eternally condemned. The churches at Galatia had been taught the right thing, but they were turning to the wrong thing. And the Apostle Paul said, that's a tremendous loss. And then, I guess we could say there was the fixer upper church. The church which really needed an extreme makeover and improvement. Chip and Joanna Gaines would have had a lifelong project renovating this church. And while all churches can stand to improve, uh, no church had more potential than the church at Corinth. When it came to having problems, you name it, they had it. Now, I do find encouraging that at the beginning of the letter in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, Paul still called them the church of God in Corinth. Even when we make tons of mistakes, we still get to be God's people. And he reminded them in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, that they had been washed and sanctified from their previous lifestyle. But there was no mistaking Paul's point. In two different letters that we have, and possibly four letters recorded in history, 
Paul reminded the church at Corinth that they were not what they needed to be, that they needed to improve, and he wanted to help them take the right steps in the right direction. So some churches were a prophet. Some churches were a loss. Others definitely needed improvement. But why don't we make it a little bit more personal? Let's move into your life and let's move into mine. I can't speak about your home congregation. Only you can do that. But if you were to label your home church with those same three criteria, either as a church church that profited in 2020 or lost in 2020 or needed improvement in 2020, where would your church fall in that spectrum? Here's the thing about churches. Churches will never just exist. They either grow or they get smaller. That's fact. Churches don't stay the same. They either grow or they get smaller. They either mature or they weaken. And if you are part of a church that has seen nothing but decline the last 10 to 20 years, it's very important to ask the question, why? It doesn't just happen. There is always an underlying issue. And that issue cannot just be blamed on culture. Because if we read what Jesus had to say, the world is never going to be a friend of the church. And the church never needs to be a friend of the world. But let's get away from talking about the general, the collective of churches, and and let's make it a little bit more individual. In 2020, did you profit in your faith? Did you grow as a Christian? I mean, did you really grow in your walk with Jesus? Did 2020 force you to rely on Jesus more than you have in the past? Have you found yourself being more thankful? Not because life was any better, because let's face it, 2020 was not good. But because your appreciation for God was. Do you have a greater admiration for the Holy Spirit? Do you want to know more about Him and understand Him on a deeper level? Did you lead someone to Christ this year? Or at least plant a seed that someone else can water? Is it easier for you to now turn away from temptation? What about your relationship with your family? Is it stronger? Is it healthier? Is it godlier than it's been in the past? Do you really want Christ to return? Do you live with that longing every day? Growing as a Christian is much more than just reading through the Bible or praying every night. You know, here's the undeniable truth about spiritual growth. We don't break even. We don't break even. If we do not gain, we lose. If it is not a profit, 
it is a loss. If we are not in the black, we are in the red. Have you ever been out on the lake fishing or just relaxing? And then you shut the motor off of your boat? What happens in about 20 minutes? You drift. You don't always realize it because it's very subtle, but you drift. You never sit still. One of my favorite places in the world is Niagara Falls. I've been blessed to visit it three different times. And every time I go to Niagara Falls, I like to read about the history of Niagara Falls and those individuals who have either tried to conquer Niagara Falls or who have been consumed by Niagara Falls in a devastating way. 5,000 people have died going over its ledge. And many people did not realize it would happen. Some tried to survive, and they actually did. Others were not so lucky. In fact, there was a lady in 1901 named Annie Taylor who thought that she would try to survive going over the falls. And she got into a wooden barrel, and she went over the ledge. After they retrieved her out of the water and out of the barrel, she was cut and she was bleeding. And her first statement was, no one ought to ever try that again. Well, no kidding. Why would you ever want to try it the first time? In 1903, there was a professional baseball player named Ed Delahanty. He became rambunctious on the train, and he was kicked off the train into the water upriver, the same water that leads to the falls. He got caught up in the current, went over the ledge, and he died. Some people make it, some people don't, but once you get in that water, everyone drifts. And spiritually speaking, it is the same story. Are you drifting? If you aren't learning to rely more on God than you have in the past, you're drifting. If you aren't more thankful this year than you were last year, you're drifting. If you don't have a greater admiration and dependence for the Holy Spirit, you're drifting. If you aren't leading people to Christ or planting seeds, you're drifting. If it's not getting easier to turn away from temptation, you're drifting. If you don't sincerely want Christ to return tomorrow and to take you home, you're drifting. We can always improve, but in God's eyes, any step which isn't deliberately taken closer to Him is drifting closer to Satan. I think King David hit the nail on the head when he wrote in Psalm 42, verse 1, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God.
Have you ever seen a deer panting for water? They will climb the cliffs, they will walk the miles, they will jump fences just to get to its bank. And as we move into 2021, as we think about growing in our faith, that image of the deer panting for water should be the glue that holds everything together. We must seek after God with a deep hunger, a longing thirst that cannot be satisfied by anything or anyone else. And if we have that hunger, if we have that longing, if we have that thirst, everything else will fall into place. In Revelation chapter 21, the Apostle John penciled some powerful words about heaven. He said that heaven shines with the glory of God, that it sparkles like a sea of crystal. But John also said that the only ones who will ever enter heaven are those whose names are written in the book of life. Revelation chapter 21, verse 27. Make no mistake, one day the Lord will return. And when he does, we will find out if our names are written in that book. But after the judgment, God will close the book, never to be opened again. And if you want to make sure that your name is written in that book before God closes it, rejoice in your profits, mourn in your losses, and plan to improve in 2021. May you have a wonderful new year. Along this road of life, there will be road work along the way. But here at Road Talk, we want to help you get ready by navigating your journey. And as always, keep your eyes on heaven. May God bless, and we will talk to you next year.